This is Getting Up live from uh, the Riverside Complex here for day three of the English Classic Sales and day three has commenced so I'm looking forward to seeing how this day unfolds. Peter Fitzgerald, the media man and the boss of English. Well, he's the boss, Fitzy. He's about to join us now here on this um, Tuesday morning. Jack Dickens also with me. Dicko, how do you hear him? Obviously, with the Mail Bay bloodstock, are you confident that you might be able to participate at the sales today? Well, what do you call participating? Like we've uh, done our hand up. We've got a stack of them out to have a look at. We've enjoyed the amazing hospitality of some of the biggest studs, particularly Arrowfield, do a yep. phenomenal job, and obviously are uh, doing our best to live and to learn whilst on the complex. You know, yeah. um, we'll definitely be underbidding today. We will be buying. We'll find out. Peter Fitzgerald from English joins us now. Fitzy, hello to you, mate. Gareth, how are you? Good, thank you. What was your highlight yesterday? There was a pin hook. Now, this is what we've been dreaming of, Dicko. It was a pin hook. They they bought this weanling for $40,000 and they sold it for... three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah. I hope you guys are watching yesterday because that's exactly what you want to do. Yeah, right, 100%. Have you, had, have you had any luck this week? Have no, we're had? about to probably un like put our hand up today, I think, Dicko. Mm. We've had a we're look a at chance. a few. Yeah, good. We did try and bid on one. No, we didn't quite. We were watching one yesterday. We were yes. ready to bid, but we we, we held out, like, and it went way past us. Yep. So what? Well, we, not way past us. Does Hawley put a budget on you, or you're pretty flexible? No, we're pretty flex. No, we've got a budget of about, I think. So what we're trying to do, and our listeners um, know this story a little bit because we talked about it a bit over the last couple of days. But if you're just joining us, so. Um, we had lunch one day, didn't we? And we came up with this idea is that we wanted to try and tell the, a different story how you can participate in the great game of racing and do it a little bit differently. So what we're trying to do is purchase a yearling at either these sales, the classic sales, or the premier sales, and then turning around at um, our result and try and get a result within six months. So these horses then can go to a breaker. We'll probably go to the Nolans and Country Victoria if they'll have us, and we'll try and sell the ready for run. Mm. Um, and you can get great results if you do it right, but it's not as easy as it looks, Fitzy. That's the problem. No, no, no. For every fantastic story like yesterday, there's plenty of stories that don't turn out that way. I mean, yeah. if it was that easy, we'd all do it, right? Mm, and we'd correct. all do it, you know, tenfold, and we would have to, you know, sit here and do morning radio and work nine to right. five. And um, mm. But yesterday was just extraordinary for, so for Julie Brown of Triple J Thoroughbreds. Yes. Who only had one horse at the sale, um, at this sorry, at the classic sale now, which was the um, <clears throat> the filly from yesterday. So she went, Julie went to the Great Southern uh, Wheeling Sale in Melbourne last year. Um, hadn't seen this particular filly. And um, it was a terrible looking horse, they told me as well. Yeah, well, and, and because of why so you think, uh, Julie just assumed that the horse would be out of her price range, so didn't even bother going to look at it uh, at Oakland. So the horse comes into the ring, that passes in. Uh, at 40,000, 35 or 40 grand, it passed in it. Uh, Julie then followed the horse out of the ring, out the back to the vendor, had a chat, uh, and anyway, long story short, secured the horse for 40 grand. Now, the horse at the time was small, um, was not an attractive type. She knew, she had been told, and knew herself, that was unlikely to get into a major yearling sale at that time um, because, you know, the horse had a lot of filling out to do, a lot of growing to do, a lot of maturing to do. Anyway, um, as the ugly as, as the ugly duckling sometimes do, um, she just turned into the princess. And you know, over the last what's it been six months only seven months, um, the horse has done an absolute treat. Um, been selected for the classic sale, um, paraded here all week. Julie drove down. So Triple J Thoroughbreds is J for Julie, 
And the two kids who I think are Jackson and Georgia, yes. or something along those lines, um, which is where Triple J comes from, drove down from a place who, that I'd never heard of in country um, Queensland, like yep. four and a half hours west of the Gold Coast. Uh, she's driving home right now. Uh, may well be listening, Julie, if you are. Flying home, probably. No, driving. She was telling us last night they're still going um, to get the truck home, so hopefully had a couple of champagnes last night. Anyway, so the horse gets to the classic sale. Um, busy all week. She said that the, the horse, they said the only one she had at the sale, but was just out of the box all week. Everyone loved her. Uh, went into the ring yesterday, and Julie was hoping to get 100000 for the horse. I thought that would be a fantastic result, 40 into 106 months. What um, sort of cost is on the 40 to get to here? 20? 25. Yeah, 20-25. So um, what was the difference? So, like, so Sebastian Hutch, my mail is, wasn't a fan of the weanling, but I think James Price had a, a said there might be some hope there. So what's so how do how does how does um, Triple J Farm get to change your mind? So yeah, do they ring you up and say you need to inspect this yearling because it's, it's she's turned the corner over the last couple of months? How does that work? Yeah, so we call for entries for our yearling sales yeah. in about June, yeah, June July, you know, and our bloodstock team, as do all bloodstock teams, um, spend effectively. You know, two months, three months on the road, all around Australia, mainly for us in here in the Hunter Valley, and then James and the Melbourne team uh, do the Victorian farms. But our guys will fly there, and they'll fly up with Hunter, and we do Queensland and Tasmania, South Australia, Western Australia, the ACT, you name it. The guys are on the road for two or three months, looking, inspecting literally every entry. Now we're yep. talking around four or four and a half thousand yearlings uh, that are entered for our sales each year, uh, and obviously they want to get into Easter, then they want to get into Premier, or they want to get into Classic. They're the three main ones. Uh, now, Julie wanted to get into a classic at the time. It was going to be a clear no when they had that conversation in yeah. Melbourne and Oakland. But two things happened. One, the horse developed. The horse grew at the right time and at the right speed. And secondly, so you think really, not that so you, not the, not that so you think needed to kick, but he really did. Um, his project, he just kept winning. He had a couple of group one winners. He was a, a bee's whisker off being champion sire. Yeah. So when you combine those two things, you've got the, the progeny of the, of the standard that everyone wants to be a part of, and you've got the horse that's you know, gone from, as we said, might be a bit harsh, but the ugly duckling into the, into the princess, uh, and you bring that to a sale where you know, two or three or four people want to take it home, and as we know, it's like selling a house. Once you've got more than one person that wants the product, anything can happen. And yesterday, the 100000 that Julie wanted uh, turned into 350000 and she burst into tears and she yeah, couldn't just couldn't believe what was unfolding in front of her eyes. So that's another reality TV show that we would be a lot of fun trying to um, follow the journey of the bloodstock agents going around to the th- thousands or hundreds of farms to inspect these yearlings and then saying yay or nay. Yeah, um, and people's hearts being broken. Yeah, we could co- co- combine like a bit of maths yes. into a bit of farmer wants a yes. wife, into a bit of, you know, <laughs> blood, blood stock wants the beauty or something along those and lines. And then the abusive phone calls that Sebastian Hutch would get. How dare you not pick my yearling? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you, what are, your blood stock agents have no idea. Uh, a lot of beeping going yes. on in those uh, conversations. <laughs> I'm going to start my own business. <laughs> um, so I, I find that fascinating. Um, and the Ready for Runs is a different ball game. So... <laughs> Will we have to pa- if we buy a yearling here? Do we have to pass the test to get into the ready for runs as well? Uh, no, well it'll all be sorted out through through the finance team yeah. that you buy here and on the provider. No, but goes. do we have to pass the test at like 
Uh, oh, yeah, yes and no. I yeah, mean, well, the they, they already obviously like it a little bit. If yeah, they're, that's yeah, right. Presenting yeah. it yeah. here, Gareth. If we've picked uh-huh. it in, in one of the our premier it's three sales, this is what I pretty, deal with every you're day. Pretty, <laughs> you're patient, <laughs> man. Yeah. Shush, what an idiot. Um, uh, yeah, I wish I could take that question back. Uh, it's one of the rare mistakes I've made over the last three days. Well, since that's been a long campaign. Isn't um, it? Yes. So now. Debbie Capetus. Now, she's no battler, let's be honest. <laughs> she's no, not. She's no battler. <laughs> but, but she lived a dream in a way yesterday. Because she, she put her own, I think for the first time, her family, um, her, 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 with, her, with her daughters and um, herself, they put through a, a horse through the yearling sales for the first time yesterday. Well, it's been a tough weekend for the Capetus family. I yeah. mean, they picked up the pick bonus on Saturday. Uh, 400 large jumped in <laughs> uh, when Lazago ran fourth in the millennium um, to themselves. And Winners then, win. Uh, and then yesterday, yeah, they again, another great story. Um, <laughs> that, look, they have always basically bred to race, but in the last couple of years, they've changed their business tack to some extent where they've been buying smaller shares of stallions as well. So they have a financial uh, investment in Yes, Yes, Yes is one of the stallions yeah. that they've got a small part in. Uh, so they went around a couple of years ago buying mares specifically to send to Yes, Yes, Yes. Uh, because obviously when you own part of a stallion, you get X amount of breeding mm-hmm. rights and you know you want to find the right bloodlines and the right crosses. So they found this mare, uh, Lime Rock or Limrock, um, however you want yeah. to pronounce it. Oh, uh, that big monster. Yeah. Second last horse yesterday. Yeah, your second last horse yesterday. Yeah. The big grey. Uh, anyway, so they went and bought Limrock uh, to send direct to Yes, Yes, Yes. Um, with the, and they made a decision as soon as the colt was born. They decided then that they were going to sell. For the, they don't, they've never sold before. They put the Whoppet Bloodstock brand on for the first time. They've, there's never, no horse has ever been through the ring with the Whoppet um, brand on. Uh, it goes into the ring yesterday. And then coincidentally, if we go back a step, when they bought Limerock, the underbidder at that sale on that mare was Bray Sikolsky. Yes. Obviously raced Yes, Yes, Yes. Bray wanted to buy that exact mare to send to Yes, 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 um, because he saw the same cross and the same bloodlines that obviously the Capitas family saw in their bloodstock uh, advisors. Anyway, so we get here yesterday to the classic sale, second last lot of the day. We're ready for a stubby by that point, and uh, anyway, 450,000 comes along. And the buyer of the colt was Bray, Bray Sikulski, um who was the underbidder on the mare two years ago, who obviously raced the stallion Yes, Yes, Yes. What did the mare cost? 160 from memory. Yeah. Um, was Deb a bit upset that she didn't make it to the Easter for her first horse being sold, or was she quite happy to be uh, a classic? She didn't seem too upset yesterday no. afternoon when <laughs> I spoke to her. Because <laughs> sometimes it, it could be an advantage to be here at classic instead of Easter, being the big fish in a the small pond type of theory. Yeah. That, that, that's very that's very true. That's exactly how it plays out. Yeah. So you look at the top four or five or six lots of the past couple of days, the Ritten Tycoon, the couple of extreme choices, the, the So You Think... Uh, that we spoke about before, the pin hook, they, maybe not so much to say you think, but those the, those top three could easily have made Melbourne um, potentially Easter, mm. um, but chose to be a classic to stand out. Yeah, um, which makes sense because the, the facilities and the hospitality is elite, so everyone's yep. coming. Yep, exactly. And right. you can get missed in a bigger sale. Yeah, now, the difference with the Capitas cult yesterday was you don't get too many first season size yep. at the Easter sale. Um, you know, that's really a... A classic like this sale, we had 24 individual firsts and size. At Easter, you're probably going to have four or five or six. Yeah, uh, it's really the elite uh, A, C size and B types that are going to get into the Easter if you buy first season sire. So, when you have a look at the gross, it's comparable to last year, but the average is down slightly. 
compared to last year. Is that a case, and I've talked to a few of the syndicators like Dicko, for instance, and some of the bigger syndicates, that they've had trouble selling their horses maybe for Magic Millions because of the state of the economy. They're all of a sudden with the interest rates going up and your electricity bills going up and they're... Um, you haven't got as much change left in your pocket after you had to, you know, um, make sure that you have to pay off the things that you need to pay off. Yeah. So have you found that with, is that the reason why the average might be down slightly? Yeah, we, we knew coming into the sale that a comparison to last year was never going to be realistic. So last no. year was effectively the perfect storm, not just for us, but for everyone. auction houses everywhere where... Everyone still had their COVID money left over that they hadn't because the borders had opened but only really just. So no one had spent any money for two and a half years. You couldn't go on a holiday. Or you couldn't go five kilometres from your home, home for half the time, especially in Victoria mm. for you guys. So that a lot of mum and dad investors, and this sale, to be fair, is a lot of mum and dad yeah. investors. It's just indicators who were trying to get their five grand, ten grand out of mum and dad or, you know, what not to, to take a share. Twelve months ago, everyone had that ten, twenty grand. Interest rates hadn't started going up. Mm. Um, petrol was still at a normal price. The iceberg lettuce was still a dollar fifty. Yeah. Uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Fast forward twelve months, and everything that's happened has happened. Really, it started from February last year. The rates, February, March, the rates started going up. Uh, cost of living went with it. <coughs> Inflation was, you know, started to go through the roof. So fast forward to this sale. You, I said a comparison to last year was never going to be realistic. But going back to 2021 which was at the time a record sale for Classic, and it was still in COVID where people had the, the disposable income and were spending. This sale is about 5 or 6% up on that sale. So, so it's that's still, a better comparison. Yeah, and well, that's yeah. what, going into the sale, that's what we as a company were looking at. I mean, we were never going to meet last year's figures this year based on the economic yeah. situation you know, around the country at the moment. But and, and also, I mean, you look at the two other sales earlier this year. Yeah, that's exactly on, what happened on, on the it? Gold Coast. I mean, the Gold Coast sale, very good sale, but when you break it down, it was their worst sale in 12 years. Um, it, it grew very mildly, but again, when you break it down further, it was the bottom 25% of the market that took the biggest hit up there. Yeah. Now, the way we run our sales is we have the classic a Premier and yeah. Easter. They combine it all into one. So the bottom 25% of the market on the Gold Coast is to an extent the classic buying Correct. bench, right? Yep. So that it's dropped the you know what's fallen out of it up there to an extent. The top of the market propped it up, which was great. Um, so coming here, we knew that that was the market. And as you said before, there were stables, some of the biggest stables in the country, who hadn't and still haven't been able to sell down what they bought at the earlier sales, yep. and therefore they you know they get the classic, and they're like, well, mm. we've still got. X amount of percentage of shares to sell an X amount of yearlings from the last six weeks. Mm. Maybe we better reel it, a little, reel it in a little bit here. Yeah, you can't. Um, you need to really love one, not just like one. Sort yeah, of thing and look, too. I've spoken to people in there the last couple of days who, you know, have been waiting for today. There, there's one or two there that yeah. they just wanted, they didn't want to blow their budget uh, for today. Now, if they don't get those horses today, well, suddenly they'll probably go to Melbourne. Like uh, the giddy up city kit. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it, it's fascinating how it all plays out. Um, but I think when you, at the end of the day, it's to this day, there's still 130-odd lots to go in book one and then the highway session. If you'd said to Sebastian three weeks ago, if you could have these figures, would you take them? He would have taken it and run a mile. Yep. Yeah. You know, clearing 82%, averaging just under 110,000. I mean, it was, you know, Dick, it was only Lobbett in England six and a half years. Back in those days, this sale averaged 30 grand. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. a shot 55% in two years. 
and it's jumped, what, three or four hundred percent in the last six years. Like, you can't keep going up no. at that rate. And I don't think it's good if it keeps going up that rate. Yeah, because pr- the, they talk about prize money, but it's irrelevant to the what we're trying to do is find new people to come and take shares. Yep. But they're, they're not, their wages aren't going like that. No. no. That's the other thing. Wages haven't gone up, right? Or yeah. Certainly, certainly not at the... Um, at the rate of inflation and, and CPI, et cetera, et cetera. So and, and to that to that top end of the market, it's an investment. To the rest of the market, it's a it's a entertainment. It's a bit of fun. And, and that's yeah. why the ready-for-run sale type of concept that we've come up with here is like something that I think everybody can have a little bit of fun. I think it's more chance of finding some, getting a result there in six months than waiting for this horse to start at the races. Yep. I also think we need to investigate this weanling sort of... No, weanlings take too long as well. I'm ready for the ready for run. But you could do the weanling <laughs> into a yearling. You don't have to go yeah, weanling into a two-year-old. Right. It's the same time period. I want to I want to jog up with James Mc... I'm going to book James McDonald to ride the... Um, oh, for the breeze? The, yeah, for the breeze up and just get off the best horse I've ridden. <laughs> 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 Ten and a half. I could have went 9.8. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the advertising yeah, from here. Yeah. Uh, Ching, ching. Um, <laughs> hey, Fitzy, thanks for having us, mate. We can't wait to be at Premier Sale. It'll be fun. I think Premier Sale, as Wayne Hawkes pointed out yesterday, the, the strength of that sale can be seen in a way that you don't see too many Melbourne trainers turn up here at Classic now. Yeah. Because well, of the, it's the same. it's the same thing. It's like you've got to like really love it, not just like it. It's also now like a Victorian-based operation. If it's Vobus, it's just another... Tick to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think well, 450 of the horses in Melbourne are all Vobus mm. eligible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a Victorian centric buying bench. Mm. Yeah, Kieran Maher, take to take for example, I mean, he uh, isn't listening right now because he's over at Arizona or somewhere having just watched Super Bowl. May or may not be awake, may or well, may not be alive. Probably knows, will be awake, yeah. probably only half <laughs> yeah, alive. Well, that's true. <laughs> he told us to keep that on the down low, uh, Fitzy, so I <laughs> can tell him you've dobbed him in. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like Kieran, for example, has, you know, indicated to us that Melbourne is the sale that he's going to target. He bought, I think, he spent six or seven million less on the Gold Coast in January. Um, he spent less here at Classic, which was always the business plan to get to Melbourne, yep. to invest into that Victorian bread market, into the Vobus market. And Mick Price, I mean, Mick, Mick's been active here, don't get me wrong, Mick and, and Kent Jr., um, but those guys, you know, there's been there's been a splattering of Victorians here. I was on Shane Nichols around the grounds mm. and Malua Racing around the grounds and um, Johnny McCardle around the grounds. But, yep. yeah, basically, you know, the, the bulk of Victorian trainers are, are saving their pennies um, for Melbourne, which is only, at this time in two weeks, we'll be parading. Yep. Um, it's only two and a half weeks away, so there's no... Uh, and, then, and then East is going to be fascinating to how strong it is at the top end, though. So Easter... It's the best sale. Again, it, it is. It's the best sale. It's always the best sale of the Australian or the Southern Hemisphere marketplace. This but year, it's not just the best on the prices. It's the best of the... Like, what happens to that stock? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been doing some... We've been filming the last few days some of our marketing for Easter, just because everyone's here. So Tom Magnier um, about home affairs, Chris Waller um, <clears throat> about well, Kazugotcha and yeah. the Autumn Sun and Henry Field about a few of these stallions and talking to them over the last few days and uh, just listening to like those the biggest names in the industry talking about why they save their pennies again to an extent um, for Easter John John Hawks another one when they all say the same thing that it's not just about the pedigrees and the, and, and the types of Easter it's yeah. they are the horses that make the Colts mm. you know they, they make the stallions sorry they are the mares yeah. or the fillies that go on to sell for two and three and four million after winning a group one yeah. or two or produce progeny that sell for you know 500 a million two million year in year out it's the sale uh where 
statistically, you are a better chance of getting a result like that than at any other sale anywhere. Uh, and the catalogue this year is just... It's extraordinary. Unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. You'll get there one day when Fitzy taps you on the shoulder. Oh, I was can just going to ask can Fitzy, we... what's the chance of us getting a vest or something? Yeah, I'm not no. worried about that sort <laughs> can, of can stuff you... yet. And I'll leave we'll it to you we'll for the there. Easter we'll sales. You can, uh, pin, you can pin look out of Easter. Oh. I mean, there are plenty of horses go at Easter for 100, 150. All oh, right, then. We'll see if, how if we go you, there. If you miss today and you miss a Melbourne, don't give up. Because that's oh. rule number one, Fitzy. Rule number one, never yeah. force a bet. No, no. And these right. are bets. Exactly. Hey, we'll be forcing, don't worry. <laughs> hey, <good. laughs> before, before I go... Fitzy's yeah. worried about me, which is scaring <laughs> me. Yeah. No, I'm worried about the mate. Do you want yeah, mate, you're worried about me trying to control him. <laughs> Yeah. Just before I go, did, yeah. you, did you get a chance to get up to the 1867 lounge here? I know you've been staying here the last four or five couple nights. couple of times, yep. Yeah, did you... Um, Trying to behave it, myself. It can get quite dangerous up there. It is. That's why uh, Darren Flindell, I saw the... I saw the look in his face when I saw him on Thursday. Vaping, Chardonnay, Jack, Yeah, Jackson France, my producer, is telling me to hurry up and get to a break now because Adam White's about to join us from Vinery Stud. He wants me at my best. So, um... Yeah, I'm not allowed to do it, Fitzy. <laughs> and don't try and get me into trouble that I'm drinking and miss my show. Absolutely not. Show. No, I was Lucky no one was filming you on the golf course yesterday. Yeah. Plus, I got a, tantrums. No. Plus really? I got to concentrate tantrums. for the ready for runs. Might have thrown a club. We might get yeah. into England's golf day and see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> Good on you, Fitzy. I wouldn't. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Bring there's, a lot of balls. There's Peter Fitzgerald. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Come we'll, on if you don't look for him. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Adam White. Adam White to join us from Vinery Scud straight after this.